You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Actually, it's the, it's the lead play in our, in our offense. What's up, guys? Welcome into Packers Total Access. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. If you want to email the show, you can send a message to Packers Total Access at gmail.com. And you can text the show. Let's see if I can remember the number. 865-658-5824. So, uh, yeah, we got a special guest on with us tonight. Uh, we got Emilio in Tennessee rocking the sombrero. Guys, listen, we're, we're trying to get all the good juju out there that we can. We want Aaron Jones back tomorrow. So he broke out the cheesehead sombrero and we, we need him live in Green Bay. Emilio, how you doing, man? I'm great. I'm great. We need we need Aaron Jones back. We need that. Uh, we need that spark. Yeah, absolutely. Tim, if Aaron Jones shows up the mile high tomorrow, gets about 15 carries, I'm going to be over the moon. How about you? I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> absolutely. And a couple of catches, too. Let's let's get him involved in that that short pass game a little bit, too. Right. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. For those of you wondering, Jacob is okay. He's just out running the roads tonight. He said he had some some business to take care of, but you know what I think it comes down to. Hi, I'm Date Mike. Nice to meet me. How do you like your eggs in the morning? Oh, man. <laughs> I think that's what's really going on tonight. Yeah. But I don't know. Uh, Date he may Tim. join us here in a little bit. We'll see. But I want to give a shout out to everybody in the chat, man. It was I was in here chatting with them 30 minutes before the show started. We got Garrett in the house. Um, let's see here. Actually, missed his first comment. We'll have to get back to that. I'll start that one. We got Cheesehead Murph. We got Omer. Omer's always in here, man. Always early, too. Let's see yeah. who else we got. A uh, little roll call, a little roll call. We got to go down there. We're having a full blown conversation. We got Jeff in the house. We got Swerve. All right, Swerve. Sam H in the house. And uh, yeah, so we'll kind of hit on some of the comments here in a minute. We're going to talk about the Eric Stokes news, which I think is kind of the headline today, um, you know, especially with Jair's. Um, injury and his health kind of being up in the air. We're also going to hit on a little article that Emilio uncovered um, by Wisconsin Sports Heroics where uh, the Denver Broncos are kind of hinting around that they might take a few shots at Jordan Love, try to get him out of the game if he decides to scramble. So I don't know about you, Tim, but when I hear when I just hear that on the surface, and again, we'll get into the article here in a minute, when I hear that on the surface, the way Jordan, you know, lowered that shoulder early in the season said we needed some juice, I think he might try to do that again i I hope he doesn't but and you know what i'm with you and i hope that's exactly how he responds to that 
uh, the first first time he scrambles, the hell with sliding, man. Yeah. If they if they're gonna bring it, you bring it. You know what? Brett Favre would bring it. Brett yep. Favre will lower that shoulder and pop right back up and tell you try again next time, buddy. So let's see. Uh, I bet you Jordan's gonna bring that fire. I I'm sure he'll play it smart and safe and slide when necessary. But I yeah. I'd love to see the juice too, man. We <laughs> we definitely could use it coming out of the bye. So we need it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, let's see what. Let's go to the chat real quick. Of course, uh, or Cheesehead uh, Murph giving Emilio a shout out, man. Just so you guys know, um, uh, Emilio down here in Tennessee, close to where I'm at. We've never met. He listened to the pod. We kind of communicated through the text line, and uh, he's going to be uh, on here, uh, you know, every ever so often when we need somebody to fill in if he's available. And excited about adding him to the mix here, man. You got you got great takes. And uh, let me ask you this, man. I was at a Cherokee High School football game last night. Mm-hmm. How did I- how did Alcoa and Maryville come out? Didn't they play last night? Am I thinking right? 24-21. Maryville won it. Nice. Yeah, you could, I mean, you could hear it humming down the street. It was <laughs> man. It's pretty wild. Yeah. Compared to the stadium I, I had in you know school, it was nothing compared to that. Right, yeah. And for those of you who don't know, in, in Tennessee, that those are two schools that are just south of Knoxville where UT plays. And, you know, for as long as I can remember, they're two of the better high school football teams in the state. And, right. uh, where where was it that Randall Cobb played? Alcoa. Alcoa, right. Yep. So, good stuff, man. I love high school football. I hate to see it come to an end, but at the same time, that means we'll be free on Friday nights to talk some more Packer football. Hey. So it's all good, man, for sure. All right, let's do this, man. Let's just kind of uh, – let's check in with the chat real quick. Uh, let's see here. We got Chris in the chat Say, guys, check out A.J. McCarthy. Should be on the Packers' radar. Uh, completely agree. Having a pretty good season um, there in college. Uh, let's see what else we got. Matthew in the chat says, I think the Packers will come back in this game. Uh, was going to kick some behind. Some behind. There you go. Way to clean it up. Way to clean it up. All right. And Omer in the chat said, uh, finally, uh, I, they finally realizing how important Aaron Jones is to this yeah. team and offense, man. It's so true. And, and I'm trying to, I'm trying to curb the enthusiasm a little bit because I can't ever remember a time in Packers history where I'm like, man, this a running back is that important, but it's just a different offense when he's on the field, man. There's no doubt right. about that. Kind of like San Fran and Christian McCafferty, you know what I mean? Like when yeah. he's – where's that spark? They have Kittle. They still have the offense, but it's they're missing something. Yeah, no, that's a great point, man. When he when he left the game the other day, that offense just – I mean, it came to a screeching halt. It really yeah. did. Right. And, uh, again, that's where it's kind of uh, – that's kind of where I'm uh, – I don't want to be a Goody hater, but you've also got to point out that, man, there's some GMs out there that's that's kind of boat racing Goody, you know. And I know the Packer way, draft, develop, draft, develop, I got you. But, um, you know, when you talk about being able to land somebody like Christian McCaffrey, those are the type of running backs that you're willing to pay top dollar to uh, because you're going to get, you know, you're going to get uh, product- production out of both the running game and the passing game. And Christian McCaffrey could play wide receiver in this league. There's no doubt about it. He's just right. that good, so – um, yeah, so let's see here. I like his cheesehead Murph noticing it, Tim. He says, What up, Tim? That background getting full. I'm not see you on the pot, yes, sir. Yes, I sir. had some, I got some good birthday gifts this year, so it, it just nice. uh, it, I lucked out, you know. So, yeah, but man. I'm gonna, I'm gonna add some more. We'll, we'll, we'll keep some stuff up there, try and get up on Clayton's level there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll tell you, man, I've got a bunch of stuff sitting over here, which I want to remind you guys, all you YouTube members of the PTA Posse. I'm going to be giving away an autographed Paul Horning jersey tomorrow night on the postgame show. We're going to spin the wheel. So for everyone by midnight tonight um, who is a member of the – or a YouTube member of our channel, 
um, you're going to be put into that contest, okay, and entered into that. So make sure if that's something you're interested in to uh, get that taken care of tonight. And it's cool because, um, you know, United Bates gifted memberships to half of Brown County, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that, you know, before I think we had something like 125 names on the wheel, right? Well, now it's it's dwindled down way far. So you've got a better chance of actually winning that jersey. So I'm excited about giving that away. And, again, it's just a way for us to give back uh, to all you guys who are supporting the channel, the stream, and all that good stuff. So, um, yeah, with that being said, let's do it. Let's jump into some news here, man. We uh, we got some good news today uh, with Eric Stokes, as you guys may have heard. Um, you know, I, I know it was about midday today that you guys started firing my phone up, and and I'm hearing Eric Stokes is activated, Eric Stokes is activated, which is really, really exciting. Tim, you got to see him in training camp practice, right, uh, there on the sideline and stuff, and, and I was surprised – at how, how much you were talking about him moving around at that point. You know, I think some of us were like, I don't expect him to be kind of out there running. But, I mean, he was he was darn near 100% as far as what he was participating in at that time, right? I mean, I was just telling my wife this story uh, this morning over coffee that the first day of public practice, opening, opening day at camp, um, I saw him foot racing with like a five-year-old on a bicycle <laughs> while they were doing the bike ride. <laughs> And I literally like hollered out. I was like, well, I was going to ask how your foot was doing, but clearly you're good. And he kind of just nodded and smiled and was like, yeah, I'm good. And then, of course, we watched an entire training camp of just rehab work. But it, it's it's the reason why we're at the point we're at now. They had to make this decision. We knew they, they weren't going to they weren't going to send him down. We knew we knew he was going to be activated. We just didn't want to speculate. Um, but yeah, throughout throughout the uh, entire uh, preseason and training camp program, um, the thing I noticed the most is, regardless of the fact that he wasn't getting those reps with the the first and second team, um, doing actual um, you know like the team drills and exercises or any live action, he was always engaged. So if yeah. they were putting in sets, if they were making adjustments, he. He would stop rehab, make sure he was engaged. They would go run the play, whatever. And then he'd kind of keep an eye on it as he was doing his his PT. So um, I'm excited to see him back. You know, Clayton, you talked about him uh, kind of being a bit underwhelming even before the injury. Um, and I think if you look at some of the comments he had today about being grateful for this opportunity after nearly a year of, you know, this this battle back from this, you know, two crucial injuries like this, um, I – I wouldn't be surprised, man, if he pops. So let's, uh, I, I'll tell you this. I think he's going to go hard. They're going to probably keep him limited uh, snap count, but I bet you we're going to get a hundred percent out of the tank from uh, Stokes with uh, every snap he gets this week. Yeah, I completely agree. And uh, let's do this. Let's, let's kind of dive into a little bit of a Paul Brettel article. I believe this was on Dairyland Express. So you guys, if you're not following Paul Brettel, he's one of my favorite Packers insider. He's on this show uh, once a week, usually on Thursdays, uh, sometimes Wednesdays. Follow him at Paul underscore Brettel. He is awesome with the work he does at Packers Wire as well as Dairyland Express. But here's a little clip from his article today. Make sure you go follow him. Make sure you click on the link. Give him a, give him credit for this stuff because we really appreciate the, the work he puts in. But this is what he said about Stokes. He said, Stokes will return to the Packers lineup with some uncertainty around Jair Alexander's status for Sunday's game in Denver. Alexander was a late addition to the injury report this week with a back injury. He did not participate in Friday's practice. However, if Alexander can't go, that doesn't mean Stokes is going to be thrust back into the starting lineup either. A uh, quote will will acclimate him back in there. I would say carefully, said Matt Lafleur earlier in this earlier in the week. 
quote, it's not going to be like you go from not playing for over a year to you're playing every snap in a game. So you'll have a plan for that. We'll have a plan for that. We do have a plan for that. When Alexander was out in weeks three and four against Detroit, we saw Carrington Ballantyne and Corey Ballantyne both operate on the boundary across from Russell Douglas. The Packers seem to prefer Ballantyne over Valentine during potential running situations. Perhaps Stokes could see some snaps when the offense is in obvious passing situations, similar to how Rashawn Gary was acclimated back at the edge rusher position. Uh, once Stokes is able to be back on a normal pitch count, how the Packers navigate playing time at the cornerback position is a bit of an unknown. Uh, I go into greater detail here, and he's got a link that you guys can click on where he goes into, like I said, a little more detail on that topic. But in short, I would guess that when in their base nickel defense, we will still see Douglas, Alexander, and Keyshawn Nixon on the field. When in nickel on obvious passing down, Stokes could step in and also be out there in dime situations as well. And that's what we kind of talked about earlier in the week, Emilio, is it, it makes a lot of sense to have him play dime back, right? And then, like Paul, of course, like he always does, he peels a layer back and says, hey, look, what about an obvious pass in situations? Meaning when you're in the nickel and it's third and eight, right, let's let's take Stokes out there. And if anything, I think it will help some of the younger guys, um, you know, uh, Valentine and Valentine. And it's the most confusing roster in the history of Packers. Like, it's unbelievable. You've got Valentine and Valentine. You've got two Anthony Johnsons. You've got two Jonathan Fords, one of which goes by Rudy. Like, you got two Walker. Yeah, I'm telling you, dude. Like I was telling the guys in the chat, they keep me more confused than a fart in a fan factory, dude. It's it's ongoing constantly. But I'm, I'm horrible with names anyway. Anyway, Emilio. What do you think about that idea and what Paul said about, you know, maybe putting Stokes out there in obvious passing situations? What do you think the the snap count will be as far as percentage of defensive snaps that you think Stokes might play? I think I mean, I think it might put him at 10, 15 percent of the snaps. I don't think I don't think they're going to push it like they did with Rashawn. They I mean, he went what eight snaps and maybe 10, 15, 20. They're still babying him in. So, um, you know, I really think that. Hopefully it is those passing situations, you know, third and 10, third and 12. We get that. That's where our defense wants to be anyway. That's where, you know, our, our leading pass rush is there. And and maybe like you were saying, it'll help the young guys. He he knows the defense. You know, he went down with a tough injury, but hopefully his experience will help the team in those kind of, you know, fast situations. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, and some people like like you pointed out just a second ago, Tim, you were like, you know, he was kind of mediocre before he got hurt. Let's just kind of look at his grades real quick. I'm going to read them off to you just so you can understand where I'm coming from when I say that. And and again, this this to me was backed up with the tape, right? The thing that caught me off guard about Stokes early in 2022 before he got hurt was when we were in that cover one man, and it's supposed to be what he does well, right, with his athleticism, his play man coverage really well. It's just like he he lacked the awareness to find the ball, right? There were so many times that he didn't play. He didn't turn his head to play the ball. He just kind of played the receiver and and just looked really, really off balance. You've seen him get frustrated in training camp last year. when Romeo Dobbs was absolutely cooking him over the top. But in 2021, this is why we had so much, uh, so much hope for Eric Stokes. In his rookie year, his PFF grade was 66.3, okay? His tackle grade, 64.3. Coverage grade 67.6, which is actually a really good grade for a rookie defender, right? A rookie player in general. Typically, if you grade out 
in the 60s and more specifically 65 plus and PFF, it's a good indicator that they're going to be a solid pro moving forward. You're going to see them kind of elevate fairly quick. At least that's what history dictates. But in 2022, he came out and before he got hurt, um, his PFF grade was a 53.7, coverage grade 60.3. So you've seen it dip. Run defense grade went from a 52.2 all the way down to a 33.8. Definitely took a step back. And some people were like, well, he didn't play that many snaps. It's a small sample size. He actually played 477 snaps in 2022. And again, I'm not trying to rain on the parade. I'm as excited as anyone that Eric Stokes is coming back. But if you see it, you got to say it right. And the thing that I noticed last year, was it seemed like the defense got better after he left the game, right? after he you know got put on IR. Now, like Ryan pointed out, um, that you know maybe his grade was a reflection of the whole defense was just a mess. That could definitely be the case, right? We're not in the meeting rooms. We don't know exactly what they're trying to play. Uh, you know, as far as uh, you know, which kind of cover three, which kind of quarters covers they're running in man coverage. You don't know what they were taught. Hey, look, they're going to try. They're going to try to hit the fade out of this formation. So just play the receiver. Don't look for the ball back. There may may have been some things like that that came into play. So um, a lot to really take in. But I'm with you, uh, uh, Emilio. I think I think we're probably going to see a very, very light dose of Eric Stokes. But how cool would it be if he did come back and play 15, 20 snaps and somehow got a pick and made a made a big play. You know what I mean? That would be that's how you want to kind of kick off this uh this third year. Oh, definitely. For sure. He he said it in the offseason. He's been itching. I mean, if you have a year to sit back and watch all 400 snaps that you played and you see yourself and you're just disappointed in it, I mean, that's something that's got to get, you know. He wants to adjust that. He wants to make it better. He's been dying to get back out there. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. Tim, what do you think uh as far as Eric Stokes, anything else you want to add before we move on, bro? I think uh, just in closing, uh, while we're talking about the negative, um, you know, he's a walking splash play too. Like he, you know, you can look at some of that tape and see some PBUs and clutch moments and, you know, things that, that we need. So, you know, yeah, that wouldn't surprise me, even if he's on limited action, if he goes in there and makes a play Um, and that's okay. That's where it needs to start. But uh, I agree with Emilio's point, man. I mean, you know, he was watching film. You know it. And, and, you know, that's all you can do when you can't walk. I mean, let's let's <laughs> talk about the fact that the man couldn't even walk, was literally in a wheelchair. And, um, you know, you gain a lot of different perspective when you go through something like that and uh, come out on the other side, walking and running. And now here we are. You're back on the 53. Um, you know, I agree. 10 to 15 percent at most probably of the game, if that. But as we build here, you never know, man. Uh, if anyone's going to be a comeback uh, player of the year type candidate, it could be a guy like Eric Stokes Jr. for sure. So Yeah, no, I completely agree. Definitely the prime candidate for the Packers comeback player of the year, no doubt about it. Um, Mike Hebring, thank you so much for the super chat, buddy. He said, Rashid's still 18th ranked in pass blocking. I don't know what the can't RB is. Oh, can't run block. Gotcha. Yeah. And, and again, this is what I was trying to say that when, and thank you so much for the super chat, Mike. And again, uh, Rashid, you know, 18th ranked pass blocker. That's nothing to shake a stick at. It's pretty solid. Right. Um, when you talk about run blocking, it's hard for me to judge this offensive line on run blocking right now. When I turn on the tape and see exactly what they're trying to ask these offensive linemen to do, you know, it, it, it's, you get a little bit of momentum with inside zone and split flow and a little duo. And then you just, 
roll out the circus music, right? And it's all right, two pulling guards, uh, trip, mm-hmm. you know, two sifts, 13 personnel, double sift on Max Crosby. Oh, by the way, let's have Tay Wicks block a 285 pound defensive end. Like, I'm, I'm going, hold up, <laughs> everybody slow down a minute. I'm definitely in the camp of this needs to be simplified. Now, there's one thing that, that I want people to understand as far as my opinion, okay? When you look, when, I, when I'm down on Matt LaFleur and I'm saying, hey, look, he's not putting his players in a position to win, that's what I'm specifically referring to is the run blocking and the run blocking schemes and how they're trying to attack the running game. When it comes to the passing game, totally different ball game. He's scheming receivers open. The, the, the T-lead swing, right, um, or the lead T-swing, I should say, mm-hmm. Um there's, there's several other concepts they've used, you know, with the dagger approach. Of course, they they ran their strike concept the other night. They got Christian Watson open. Um, there's receivers open. That on that side of, on offense and that end on passing, what I would put the most blame on is Jordan Love. Jordan Love has not played up to par. Right, started strong. These last two two games were just absolute cheeks. There's no two ways about it. Now. When you go to the running game, and granted, his receivers haven't, you know, went out of their way to help him either. I mean, there's enough blame to go around. But as far as the passing game itself, I think Matt LaFleur's calling a good game. The running game is where we got hold up. Let's simplify this a little bit. Let's let's get back to what we do well. And again, Mike Wall was the one who pointed it out to me. Go watch the tape. Bam, it's right there on tape. So definitely something to uh to keep an eye on for sure. But again, Mike, thank you so much for the super chat. Agree with Rashid. If if he can become a better run blocker, you might have something there. Right now, I think the jury's still out. And especially uh, like Omer pointed out in the chat, he's doing well for a seventh round pick with no snaps in 2022. That's what's wild, Tim. Is he come out of the woodwork, right? And just mm-hmm. he, he's past Yasha. What what happened? <laughs> you know? Right. I don't know if that speaks more to to uh Sheed or or Yash on the regression, maybe. I'm not sure. Um, but I can tell you, man, first and foremost, protect the blind side of our, of our quarterback. So the fact that he can do that halfway decent is a good start. Um, and the run blocking will come with more reps. Um, and I think certainly like, you know, Hey, it's the best foot forward we've got right now at that spot on, on this line. So I'm rooting for Sheed all day to improve. Yeah, definitely. All right. Let's, let's jump into this next topic here real quick. Emilio, you pointed this out to us uh, offline that Wisconsin Sports Heroics um, actually wrote an article on the Broncos and some comments they made. Do you want me to read the clip of the article I got, or do you want to read what you got right there? I can just read it right here. Cool. Go ahead and hit it. I'm going to put this up on screen, too, so they'll have a reference for another part. But uh, you go ahead and dive right into it, guys. Again, this is some some stuff that broke earlier. Wisconsin Sports Heroics actually put this article out, and it's very interesting. It really is. You know, part of me – being the if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying top guy. Right. Um, you know, it, it, at first I wanted to shoo it a little bit, but then as we got deeper into the article, I'm going, oh, there might be something here. Oh, by the way, who is their head coach? Which I'm sure mm-hmm. will hit on that, but go right ahead, Milio. So uh, I, I think it was Rob Robin Adams there. Um, but uh, so from Mike Purcell, a veteran defensive tackle with Denver, said to Broncos reporters, a quarterback that doesn't want to slide, then it's per se, obviously within reason, you make him want to pay the price. So you take your shot when you can. That's his choice. Obviously, our job is to stop them. And if he doesn't want to slide and give us a chance to take a shot, we're going to take a shot. Um, and that's, you know, kind of going back to when Matt was telling him about getting down when when you have the chance. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, from defensive coordinator from the Broncos, Matt uh, Henningsen, 
He added, being a young quarterback, he's got fresh legs under him, and he can run the ball. He scrambles. He doesn't like to slide, so he can take a hit. It's something that we definitely got to neutralize. If he doesn't give himself up, we got to stop him. Just bring him to the ground and give him a hit, and maybe next time he'll slide. You're obviously not hurting, hunting for him, but you treat quarterbacks that don't slide like a runner, a running back. That's what they are. If they're not sliding and if it's not protecting themselves, they don't get that protection. Usually young quarterbacks don't slide as much, and then they get older, then they start to slide more. That's just how it goes because you can't take that many shots and stick around in this league. And like Clayton was saying uh, down there at the end there, again, there's a difference between hurting the quarterback and injuring him. But, of course, head coach Sean Payton knows everything about that, right? (laughs) The former New Orleans uh, Saints head coach was suspended by the NFL for a full season for the infamous Bounty Gate scandal in which his defense was headhunting quarterbacks looking to injure them. Well, I'm just wondering if Sean Payton heard his defensive coordinator say that and he's going, (laughs) 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 What did you think about that, Tim? Uh, Is it it fair game? Hey, if a quarterback's not willing to slide, light them up? Because here's the other thing, too, a little reverse psychology for you guys. I immediately thought, okay, two can play at that game. But then I was like, you kind of get the vibe that nobody likes Russell Wilson, so maybe they're trying to get us to hit Russell Wilson. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think, Tim? Um, I think it is. I mean, look at the rules, man. You're out of the pocket. You're a free runner. You tuck it. You want to. You want to be Michael Vick. Well, okay. You're going to get blown up. That's the risk you take. It's a grown man's game. It's at the highest level that we play. Um, and I think it's. Uh, you know, there's a fine line between dirty play and aggressive play and playing hard. I don't think anything in this article suggests targeting or bounty gate 2023 or anything like that. Um, I do think it's just uh, you know little gamesmanship. Um, probably trying to do a little talking since they haven't done it with their play uh, very much this year. Uh, maybe trying to psych guys out um, or maybe it's reverse psychology. Maybe they're. We all have smartphones and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So us cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones and to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Maybe they're trying to play to what I had said at the top of the show. Like, maybe they want Jordan to run. Maybe they figure if, if Jordan's running in space, then he's not beating him with his arm. Um, either way, I don't, I don't think there's anything dirty here. Um, I would tell our defense the same thing, you know, like, Justin Fields, we played the played the Bears in week one. I'm sure that was the MO. If he wants to run, 
then go knock him on his on his keister. You know, right. like it's football. So as long as it's not targeting dirty after the play, extra stuff. You know, the old uh, what was that? few years back when Stu or uh sue stepped on somebody's ankle or something like mm-hmm. that's dirty that's yeah. dirty play yeah. you know that kind of stuff is extra and that's dirty there's no place for it but playing hard-nosed football i'm all for it i'm a i'm a defensive dude and you know i want to protect our quarterback as much as anyone else but we know the rules man when you're when you're out and running man it's fair game so i i don't really have a problem with anything it is interesting given sean payton's history um I almost think that if it was serious and it was dirty, if it was targeting, we wouldn't hear any comments at all, kind of like Clayton alluded to. So the fact that they're just kind of putting this out there tells me that it's kind of tongue in cheek, maybe just a little, little gamesmanship. Yeah. What do you think, Emilio? This caught your eye. So uh, this article, what do you, uh, how do you feel about it, man? I mean, look, I trust me. I absolutely love to hit people. I mean, that was that was the highlight of it, you know. But it's got to happen between the whistles. I've gotten my share, you know, fair share of flags, but uh, um, I, I think it was more kind of a heads up to Jay Love, you know. Uh, if you're gonna do it, think to think about it. Um, but I mean, what he's uh, 18 rushes for 109 and two touchdowns this year, so it's not like he's running all the time. I mean, he's at a couple of game, a handful of game, um, but. It, it, you know, like they said, it is different from trying to hurt, you know, not trying to injure him, but they, they want to, they want him to wake up with a bruise or two, you know, and, uh, as long as, uh, you know, as long as he uses his head, you know, gets down, gets it, get, get it out of your hands, get it into the playmaker's hands, unless we need something or unless, you know, we're doing the tush push or something, uh, you know, we don't know. I don't know if we need to run outside the, uh, the tackles too often, unless you're, uh, just kind of extending the play. But, um, again, it's, uh, their defense isn't great. What they, uh, I think it's their worst start in franchise history, <laughs> dating back to 1964. So, um, and uh, the only other thing I had was Wilson was five and 16 since he's gotten to Denver. Wow. So we've That's got crazy. it, you know. Yeah, and it's crazy because you got a quarterback that really he came in the league. He beat out Matt Flynn for the starting quarterback spot in Seattle, and all he seen was success. And then you go to the absolute dumpster fire out there in Denver. And it's just mm-hmm. every, every since he did the video, let's ride Broncos country, yeah. let's ride. Everything is just went straight downhill. There's no doubt about it. But as far as Jordan loves scrambling, yeah, if it's there, take it. I'm saying get down um, mm-hmm. as much as I would love to see him, uh, you know, run someone over, right. Just to prove a point at the same time, get down, live to play for another down. And <laughs> what I'm more concerned about is let's get that, let's get that completion percentage somewhere up there around. 65%. 65. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. Okay. Jacob ain't here to scold me. Yeah. yeah. Emilio, he just constantly, oh, you can tell oh, he doesn't I, lock it. And he, he wants me to stop playing 65%. This is my message to him. I'm not going to. So quit asking. The way it is. <laughs> the way it is. But what were you going to say, Emilio? Did you have something? No, it's just no. That's right. I said I could I could be Jacob if I needed to. Man, why are we playing that? You know, <laughs> <laughs> you gotta you gotta stick your lips out. Though people were commenting on his lips on that last one, man. Oh yeah, the, the Jake, I don't think it's any. I don't think it's any coincidence that the episode after people were commenting on Jacob's good looks, he's he's not here. Right. Uh, so I think, <laughs> I think I think date Mike was activated. I'm just Uh-oh. saying. But uh, we gotta say uh, super chat here. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> Miles in the chat says con- contribution for nice. cheese sombrero. Y'all want to see me with a cheese sombrero? I so, love it. Emilio looks like a natural with a sombrero, man. It's, <laughs> you got the narrow face. 
I've got a pumpkin head, man. Like Mandy said, I look my, my baby pictures. I look like a tadpole. But if I put one of those things on, I'm telling you, it, it'll be sitting right on the top, right? <laughs> so we'd have to get an extra, extra large, no doubt about it. Let's see what Mike says. Uh, Mike Hebring, or, and again, Boz, thank you so much, buddy. You're you're constantly contributing to the stream. We really appreciate it, man. Sure. Um, we don't take it lightly, and and I think I may do that just for you. I may get a sombrero. I might get a real sombrero. Have a poncho. Ooh, there we um, go. Um, I ain't, maybe grow a handlebar mustache. No, I can't do that. <laughs> I can't pull the mustache off, boys. Justin with Packernet Podcast uh, Graphics, he's got the cleanest mustache. I grow a mustache. I'm getting. I'm not allowed within a hundred feet of a school. I guarantee it. I look so. <laughs> It's not even funny, man. Not even funny. Um, oh, Mike Hebrew, thank you so much for the super chat. He says, uh, prediction, Broncos running game gets on track. You want to get kicked out of here, Mike? Are you serious <laughs> right now? Uh, Come on now. What the, what the hell's going on out here? You can't be having that, man. Now, I mean, listen, if there was ever a game that they were going to get on track, this might be it. Let's just hope we can get up by a couple scores, right? Because right. – uh, yeah. And the thing is, too, Russell Wilson isn't playing that bad, Tim. Like, no. I, you know, when you when you go watch the tape, you look at the statistics, compare Russell Wilson's statistics to Patrick Mahomes this year. Mm -hmm. and it's pretty darn comparable. Granted, Patrick Mahomes is having kind of a down year, but you don't hear about it. Right. Um, when it comes to Russell Wilson, though, they got a magnifying glass on that guy right now, don't they? Yeah. Right. Well, that goes back to, like you said, the initial the initial trip to Denver. He didn't he kind of opened the door for a lot of what he got from Very people. So, um, you know, it is what it is. I, anytime you get the, the prima donna factor where, you know, your quarterback's got an office and, you know, all the, all the, all the stuff that came out about the special treatment and everything that, that didn't do old Russ any favors. Yeah. Um, and, and the stats prove exactly what they always do, which is they're great metrics to, to look at the game, but they can be deceiving because he's on a booty football team that has one win. And, uh, you know, yeah, he may have better numbers than a lot of other quarterbacks, but there's probably a lot of quarterbacks with lower numbers that have more wins right now and are are, are actually playing for contenders. So, um, but again, I said this a couple of days ago. We have to respect him. The guy's a Super Bowl champion. Um, you know, there are a lot of worse quarterbacks in the NFL uh, for sure. Um, so you gotta you gotta take that seriously, man. You're facing, you know, obviously he's on the downswing of his career, but he's you know, still, I don't know if he's a for sure first ballot Hall of Fame dude, but uh, he's a top tier, you know, bottom of the top tier quarterback to, that needs to be respected. So, um, mm -hmm. and yeah, he hasn't been playing bad lately. So our defense needs to bring it, man. And uh, I hope Mike's wrong. I, I hope our, our front shows up. Um, we get some more good uh, middle linebacking play and some good edge rushing. Hopefully, you know, Russ doesn't have a good game. You know, hopefully Jay Money plays better than him. So we'll see. Yeah, definitely. Mike Hebring in the chat. Uh, again, thank you for the super chat, Mike. He followed up with saying they haven't been able to stick with the running game due to the defense being so bad, uh, but been very effective when they have been able to stick with it. Packers offense better stay on the field. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's another thing, too. You get you get an early lead. That's how you get them out of that running game. Right. And uh, that's definitely been the case all year long. I don't think they have a bad running game. It's just you know when you're playing from behind like they are in some cases, giving up 70 points. <laughs> I mean, that's just still blows my mind. And you guys remind me, the Bears ended up losing to the Broncos, right? Am I thinking right? What did the Broncos come back and beat the Bears? Is that how you remember it, Tim? Yeah. I believe that's their only win, yeah. Yeah, I think Unless I think so. The Bears. Yeah. Um, yeah, it should be interesting. You know, of course, we we beat the, the Bears pretty handedly, but 
like we always say, the old cliche, any given Sunday, right? Anything right. Can happen. But what do you think? Uh, yeah, you're pretty you're pretty deep into the running game, Emilio. Just the conversations that we've had offline. Um, what do you think? Do you think we need to worry about the Broncos? You don't have to, you know, know the details of the Broncos run game, but just in general, you know, what do you think about that? Do you think we'll have any problems there? Maybe how should we play it? What do you what do you see? Yeah, well, I was I was looking, <clears throat> I was trying to dig around a little bit on the Broncos stuff. I saw a couple keys um that they were talking about. One of them was just let Russ cook. So that that's one of their that's one of their their game plans. Um, but but with their running game, they, that that is where they're kind of putting their weight in. You know, their offense isn't terrible. Their defense is just so bad. Um, but again, that's where we want to be. If we can get into third and long, if we can get a touchdown or two up, that's where our defense eats. That's where Eric Stokes could get a couple more plays. You know, that that's where we want to be. Um, but I, I don't think I don't think we need to worry about it. But I hope. Joe Barry being up in the booth, you know, he is seeing something. If if it starts to get out of hand, let's make a change a little bit quicker. Um, you know, let's get TJ Slayton in there. Let's, you know, let, let's switch it up a little bit. Maybe put all the edge rushers in, have them hold a gap, something like that. NASCAR package, um, you know, just got to think outside the box, especially coming out of a bye week. Like you were saying, Eric Stokes played bad before the bye week last year. Our defense came out and stepped up after the bye week this past year. So maybe that same sort of thing comes and happens this time. Uh, but again, they just got to show up and play really. Um, and the only other key I saw that they were talking about was uh, they were looking to limit Musgrave uh, or at least the rookie tight ends um, because the Broncos let up uh, nine catches for 124 to Kelsey against the chiefs. And uh, with Musgrave, he has what, been in five games, four starts, uh, 18 catches for 159 and five first downs uh, with a 78.3% catch rate. Um, but again, he hasn't scored any touchdowns uh, and he's third on Green Bay for targets with 23. So not having him is is a problem. And, and I think Jay Love's going to want to look to him. He loves looking across the middle. Let's maybe just have his head up a little more often, maybe not as many naked boots, um, you know, some some quick hitters, something like that. Get the ball in their hands and let, let's get it. Let's spread it out, you know. Short passes with a with a weak arm, you know. Let's uh, let's use the West Coast West Coast scheme there, dude. I, that's me. I, I want to see them spread it out to eleven and stay in it consistently. Uh, I was going to try to pull up um, actually their team ratings real quick here. I think yep. I've got it. yeah. So let's look at let's just sort the league by overall and see where the Broncos overall are. Overall, they're thirtieth in the league. Okay, um, when you sort it by offense. Um, they now climb up to 19th. So they've actually got, according to PFF, okay, um, they're 19th in the league in offense. The Packers are 22nd. So they're showing that they have a little bit better offense than us as far as passing grade. Um, let's see, the Denver Broncos, pretty high here. Uh, well, 16th. And, of course, we're in the 23 spot. Let's go to that running game we talked about. Let's just talk about the running back grades themselves, okay? 74.5 is their running grade. That's 15th best in the league. Ours is 72.4, which is 19th. Now, you got to couple that with run blocking, of course. And we look at run blocking, they're 16th in the league at 63.0. Of course, Green Bay, that's been their weak spot at 26. So, going to be interesting to see how that plays out. You know, as far as our running game, let's see what their run defense is grading out at. Um, 30th. Their run defense is 30th. So, uh, Got us a pretty good shot there, I think. As far as coverage, um, it's wild the Packers are a top-ten cover team. You know, it's just uh, 
got to get people out of that run for sure. Denver Broncos cover grade, guys, on the season. Tim, it's 45.5, bro. 45.5. It just feels like you see that and you think, let's come out and throw the freaking ball. Mm-hmm. But as soon as they come out and throw the ball, Tim, we're going to be going, why ain't we running the damn ball? <laughs> so this is going to be interesting to see how Matt LaFleur handles it, right? I mean, do you come out? Do you start winging it all over the yard? Or do you, uh, you know, kind of kind of run a balanced attack? Hopefully it's pretty balanced, right? I'd want to be as close to that 50-50% kind of kind of look. And, uh, you know, a lot of that comes down to not just being balanced, but knowing the right time to call these these things you know um we talked about a lot of passing on first down um you know mixing a run on first down for the love of god um (laughs) you know just to keep keep that you know if it's a bad defense uh especially against the pass you know if you have a decent enough running attack that they have to respect that you're going to put them behind the eight ball even more and you'll see those play action shots we'll see those looks get those preferable matchups for us and yeah, my gut's telling me the same thing. Dobbs and Watson, man, let's go, let's go, let's go off. Mix, sprinkle in a little Jaden Reed and some Tay Wicks in there too. Yeah, and uh, let's let's have a day. Spread the ball around. How about uh, how about five touchdowns, six touchdowns for Jay Love, and they're all they're all the different guys. That would be great. Oh, yeah. um, I I think that's going to be huge. Um, and then defensively, I agree with Emilio said. You know, like Joe Barry's got to make the adjustment quicker. You know, I I feel like. This year he is, you know, last year we, too, we complained yeah. that he wasn't adjusting. And it's like this year he, he has, he adjusted pre, you know, before the season. Now, in, now we're trying to get him to adjust quicker during these games. And uh, I think that's going to be a telltale sign. Yeah. NASCAR package. Uh, give me, give me the beefcake package, whatever, mm. whatever the, the big, the big dog package, like, yeah. in there. you know, load up when we need to. And uh, let's try and impose our will defensively on a, you know, an offense that's struggling too, you know? So this, this is going to be an interesting game on so many levels. Um, it's going to be real hard to predict a, a score. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. why I'm just going to say, you know, I'm, I'm taking the Packers with the dub, but yeah. you know, I'd like to say it'd be a blowout. It should be a blowout, but you know, we should have beat Atlanta this year. You know, we should have beat the Raiders this year. So there was a lot of should haves. I guess we'll see what happens tomorrow. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, as far as the point spread, uh, there's some places that have it minus one and a half for Green Bay and other places that have it uh, just minus one. OK, so the Packers are, depending on where you look, one or one and a half point favorites. You were mentioning, uh, you know, getting that that run to pass ratio at 50 percent or as close to it as you can, Tim. When you break that aspect down, according to PFF, the Denver Broncos run the ball 33.6 percent of the time. So they're passing 66.4 percent of the time to, to compare that to the Packers. Again, the Broncos, 66.4% pass. The Packers are 63.8% pass, uh, 36.2% run. So, yeah, we got to gotta establish that run early and try to uh, try to stick with it. Again, simplify it, man. Let's, let's, I, would, I would love a game where all we call this game, guys, is inside and outside, outside zone. zone. Yep. And, and you know what? If, if they're showing a wide front, if they're bringing those wide nines out there, maybe mixing a little duo, a little vertical power, but nothing horizontal, man. Let's just let's run the ball down their throat, try to establish it. Try to establish it earlier for sure. Um, you know, when you see those numbers like that, that's indicative of what you guys just talked about. Teams that are behind the eight ball and they have to play from behind. So you're going to have to throw the ball. I mean, look at how that 
that Raiders game ended. You, you just have to start chucking the ball. It is what it is. So if you can get that run game going early and throw when you want to rather than being forced to, I mean, that's the worst thing for an offense, man. Your defense, the, the opposing defense knows you're going to throw. Everyone in the world knows you're going to throw. Mm-hmm. It's kind of hard to to scheme into that. You're going right into the teeth of a, a defense like that. So the run game is absolutely crucial. Definitely. And the over-under in this game is 45 points. And PFF has it as a one, you know, like they, they do it as far as value of a bet. They have three bars that they could potentially fill up. And they've got what they recommend you do, right? And then as far as the betting odds, and then they'll kind of give you the probability. They're saying under, and they've got one of the three bars filled up. So under 45 is what they're saying, which kind of goes to what what we were talking about. Um, I could I could see that for sure. I mean, the Packers are we're even on on our point differential. I mean, it's we are we're the only team in the NFL with zero point differential. There's teams that are better. There's teams that are worse. But we are middle of the line. And like I was telling you earlier, Clayton, we just kind of need to we need to learn from our losses. We had a blowout. We had we had a a tight loss. um, And then we had one that we just got kind of outplayed and we made mistakes. Um, So as as long as you can learn from those lumps that you took, um, I I think the team will grow as a young team. You know, Um, I think it'll help them. Yeah. Definitely. Mike Hebring with the super chat. Thanks, buddy. He said a blowout uh, to blow out the Broncos in Denver. Unlikely. They're one in six all time. And he's specifically talking about at mile high. Um, you know, the all time stuff, Mike, me personally, I don't uh, I don't put a whole lot of stock in that stuff because you're talking about different football teams. Right. You know, to say, uh, you know, all time as if, you know, not that you're doing this and, and it is all information is important information. There's no doubt about it. But to suggest, okay, well, they're only one and six all time out there. All right. Well, if the 20, if the, if the 2014 Green Bay Packers fully healthy went to Denver, you tell me you're worried about the one and six all time. I wouldn't be right. But a year like this year where these teams, I think they're a little bit closer um, as far as where they're at. I don't, I wouldn't say talent wise, but you know, just where they're at as a team and, and all that stuff matters as the team gels, as they start to create momentum, what's working, what isn't, or the coach is willing to adjust that stuff matters in real time. There's no doubt about it. Um, so I think, you know, again, you look at Vegas, you look at Vegas, one point, one and a half point. There's a reason they can afford to give out those free drinks with the pretty little mm-hmm. umbrellas out there in the casinos, boys. I'm telling you, like they know what they're talking about. So it's going to be interesting, man. And Denver, me personally, again, thank you so much, Mike, for the super chat. And thank you for that stat, man. It's always good uh, kind of looking at every angle for sure. Um it's one of my favorite places to watch a ball game as far as TV. The crowd's loud. Typically, you get cold weather. Won't be the case here. I think they're expecting like 75 degrees and sunny. But a uh, beautiful backdrop. You know, all the TV camera shots when they go to commercial, you see the the Rockies and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the Broncos are one of those teams that I have a lot of respect for. You know, uh, they seem to have a lot of tradition. I know Peyton's very involved out there. Peyton Manning, one of my favorite players all time. So, uh, pretty cool. Pretty cool to see those teams uh, lock horns tomorrow for sure. Um, All right, let's do this. There was a question in here I wanted to hit on real quick. I don't think I marked it. Hopefully I did. They were asking about our boy. There it is. Bang. Omar in the chat said, is Mm -hmm. Jeep going to play? He did not practice Friday with that knee. That's not a good sign for sure. So with that being said, Omar, let's pull up the latest um, injury report here and kind of see what we're looking at. And then we've got a tweet that I need to get to as well uh, around that. So let's see here. All right, injury report. 
Um, this is the final injury report. We got, uh, you know, the designations for tomorrow's game, right? Jair Alexander, questionable. Um, and the way it's described to me, guys, um, the way I've understood it, if you're probable, 75% chance you're going to play, questionable 50-50, and then doubtful, I believe, is somewhere around 25%. Yeah. Is kind of the, the way I understand it. Now, you can take that with a grain of salt because we know these coaches are looking to get an edge any way they can, right? That's the way it works. But Jair Alexander, questionable. Zane Anderson, questionable. Devondre Campbell, doubtful. Okay, I think we could pretty much say not going to see Dre tomorrow, right? Elton Jenkins, questionable. Aaron Jones, questionable. Yash Nyman, uh, questionable. Uh, Darnell Savage, questionable. Eric Stokes, questionable. Uh, Quay Walker, questionable. And Devontae Wyatt, questionable. I think every single player there, they're going to do like they normally do. They're going to go out there for the warm-up. If they can go, great. If not, they're going to have bodies ready to activate and uh, and be able to uh, to kind of fill those gaps. So if I had to put my money on it, I would say Elton's probably going to play. That's yep. just it kind of feels like that, right? Um, Tim, I guess you agree. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, that's what it looks like to me. I mean, it's, you know, when you see a guy not not practicing, your gut reaction is going to be, oh, God, setback, something, something's wrong. But when I look at that chart, you know, limited, limited, and then I did not participate, are they are they just trying to, you know, save him for, for Sunday, give him some extra time, right. had him limited all week, let's give him Friday off, we'll travel Saturday, Let's see how he feels Sunday. I, I'm with you, Clayton. I think more than likely he's going to play. I think pretty much ev- everyone on that list um, is going to at least try and go. That's questionable. Um, yeah. Jair would be the one that I'm really keeping my eye on because, you know, if he plays, that could be very limited right there. Or You know what I mean? Or he could start and then, you know, we talked about him at practice the other day. He caught a pass. You know, no pads, no helmet, caught a pass, and his day was over. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what that means for Sunday. But, yeah, I mean, in, you know, we're less than 24 hours away here. I don't know. I guess we'll know an hour before the game tomorrow, guys, what, what it's looking like. I'll tell you the truth. While we're on the subject, we were talking about, you know, playing in Denver. I almost want, like, I don't know how much control they have over this, but, like, I almost would have liked to get out there earlier and let these guys acclimate to the altitude adjustment. I mean, they flew out today, I believe, a few hours ago. So they're Mm -hmm. probably, you know, in Denver right now. Is that enough time to get yourself ready to go for a late kickoff tomorrow? I I guess so. But I would think coming off the bye week with extra extra time, maybe they could have traveled a day earlier or something. But I don't know how that works. Yeah, definitely. Right. 2-0 2-0 for this in the chat said, if we blow them out, are we officially better than the Chiefs since they play them kind of close? <laughs> it's funny how that works, right? Like everybody kind of talks, and and I know you're being sarcastic, 2-0 for this, but people talk in such definitives, right, that, that you know, it, it just cracks me up. We lost to this team head-to-head, but they lost to a team that we beat earlier in the season. That means we're just as good as them. No, it goes back to the boring, the most boring thing you could say about pro football any given Sunday. <laughs> it's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. That's the way it is. Um, all right, let's see here. Let's do this. I've got a, uh, a video. I'm going to go ahead and mute you guys real quick just to make sure because, like I said, that last time we played this, I'm going to mute myself as well when we start it. Um, when we shared the screen with Twitter last time, the audio came through kind of light, so we're going to see if we can fix that right now. I'm going to go ahead and mute you guys. And we got a video that came from Packers.com. I thought this was really cool. Again, it's not about watching the video as much as it is listening to uh, uh, Wes Hockowitz and Mike Spofford, two of my favorite uh, follows on Twitter, and they do an excellent job. 
there with the Green Bay Packers and uh, and uh, all the all the stuff they do right there at Lambeau Field. Uh, actually, ran into them when I was at Lambeau Field last year. Didn't say hi, but I was like, "Hey, there's Wes and Mike. They seem like two really good guys." Absolutely love the fact that they're both Packer fans and they're just passionate about the Packers. I love that they don't bring hot takes, nothing like that. But uh, this is called Final Thoughts, okay? This is a little segment they do right before the game every week. So I'm going to mute my, my, my mic and let's, uh, let's listen in real quick. I'll get your all's take. Back from the bye and back on the road. We're off to Denver. Packers, Broncos, it's time for Final Thoughts. All right, Weston, what's at stake? Mike, the Green Bay Packers trying to start faster in the second half of the season. Obviously, back-to-back losses going into the bye week. An early one, but it allowed this team to get healthier. Now trying to set the tone, seeing if they can get things going in a different direction, and it starts in Denver. Yeah, absolutely. And my thing here comes with a caveat. That is, if you get Aaron Jones back, if he's back, you have the offense that you're going to have. So then this game becomes about deciding who you're going to be on offense, what you're going to hang your hat on, what you are going to move forward with offensively. This game becomes extremely important in that regard. Wes, who's heating up? Presented by Aurora with Heated Apparel. Michael, Rudy Ford has been heating up for the Green Bay Packers. Back-to-back games oh. of interceptions, but it's not just that. It's also how impactful he's been against the run this season. I think Pro Football Focus had a stat where he's actually leading the NFL right now in run steps by safeties. He's been impressive. Finally got the opportunity this season, and he's making the most of it. Yeah, absolutely. And my guy in this game is on the offensive side, and it's wide receiver Christian Watson. He missed the first three games of the season, was on a snap count for game number four. We saw things open up a bit in game number five. He had the 77-yard catch and run. Unfortunately, got caught from behind. But that's the biggest play the Packers have made all season on offense, and it's not a surprise it was Christian Watson. Wes, I say very simply, the Packers win this game if they play clean football. And by that, I mean you reduce the penalties. You try as best you can to eliminate the negative plays, the tackles for loss, and the sacks that put you behind the chains. Those kinds of things are what have hampered the Packers and led to all of these ups and downs and inconsistencies. Play clean football, and I think the consistency will come with it. Yeah, Mike, I agree. And I also think the biggest thing for the Packers in this game is running the football and running it well. You said it. We're going to have to see what happens here with Aaron Jones. But the Packers took some steps forward last game against the Las Vegas Raiders with A.J. Dillon and that rushing offense. And you need to get those yards against the Denver Broncos. We'll go into this game ranked dead last right now against the run and also giving up the most rushing yards per carry right now in the National Football League. Packers have to get it done on the ground. Yeah, absolutely. And with that, we will sign off on this edition of Final Thoughts. Be sure to follow all of our coverage of Sunday's game from the Mile High City on Packers.com and on all of your social media. All right. So, like I said, they do a great job. Make sure you guys go check out that uh, that tweet and give them uh, give them a like for that as well. So, uh, first of all, some of the notes just taken from that video, Wes and the guy and uh, Wes and Mike. Aaron Jones, big question mark, right? If Aaron Jones can go, it's going to be a whole different offense. We've talked about that. Give it a little bit of shine to uh, my boy Rudy Ford. I'm telling you, man, he's playing lights out. He played he played great last year. For whatever reason, it's like it's like this coaching staff doesn't want to give him the reins to be that go to safety, and it, it just blows my mind, man. I got to uh, got, they got to figure that out, man. Get that guy a contract. Get him a two or three year deal. You won't even come close to breaking the bank and set that floor 
for the safety room. Christian Watson, we just pointed out, Tim, it's a bad pass defense, man. This might be a, a good kind of breakout uh, breakout game for Christian Watson. Um, they are talking about reducing the penalties, reducing the mental mistakes, and, of course, just running the ball, establishing that run. What sticks out to you about that, that video there, man? Uh, I mean, talking about Scoot, man, I as much as I'd love to see the deep, deep shots, man, I'd love to see him getting some of them unders get him moving fast uh, in space, um, especially if they're going to play zone, which I'm assuming they're going to, they're going to scheme some zone up. And um, I think if you get it to him in space and let him just get that yak, um, we're going to be uh, in a great spot. I, I, I fully see Christian Watson having the potential to have a big game. Um, we alluded to this a few days ago too, on another pod about him not showing up on this injury report, an injury report he's been on since preseason. Um, we've got multiple weeks now, not on the injury report at all. Hopefully the hamstring is healed. It's good. He's a hundred percent. Um, he was probably 95% against the Raiders, which is why he didn't break away and score on that touchdown. Probably <laughs> he didn't have quite the, the afterburner juice because of the hammy. Uh, mm-hmm. hopefully he's got that, uh, tomorrow in Denver and, um, you know, get it to him in space and let him create That's, that's really where, I mean, he could stretch the field. We know that, but. I like seeing him on some of them underneath concepts and just getting it to him in space and letting him do his thing. So um, mm-hmm. that stuck out to me. And uh, of course, you know, your comments about Wes and Mike, man, those are two uh, top tier journalists right there working for the Packers. So uh, salute to those guys, nothing but respect. Um, saw them a couple of times during training camp as well. Uh, real approachable, good dudes, fun yeah. to be around. And uh, they really know this team too. So if you see it, you got to say it. Um, and it's not just fluff, man. Those guys know know this Packers team inside and out. So, um, yeah, man, look for a big game from our receivers, hopefully, uh, this uh, tomorrow in Denver. Yeah. Right. Nilia, what do you think, buddy? And like Tim was saying, get, get the ball to Christian in space, maybe not as many behind the line of scrimmage. Uh, I'll take a bubble screen, but yep. let's let's not throw them. I mean, jet like you were saying, jet sweeps, but under center. You know, let's not force him to start seven yards behind the line of scrimmage, make that up, and then get north and south. Um, yep. And, uh, you know, a, a quick slant here and there. I know Jordan Love loves to throw deep ins and short outs, but can we get a couple of inside slants, <laughs> curls, like spread them out, use Musgrave, you know, let's get a matchup or something. You know, I know I know Matt knows how to do that. It's just, um, you know, we just want him to stay on track. Uh, and like you were saying, what, you 60% passing. So um, we do need to run just a little bit more. Uh, but uh, I think you got that number wrong. Amelia. It was 65%. See, <laughs> uh, that's on me. <laughs> I could hear Jacob screaming. All yeah. the <laughs> no. Jacob, wherever you're listening from, whoever you're snuggled up with or not, <laughs> this is what I say to that. I'm not going to. So quit asking. Yeah, all right, last time. Um, I was going to try to pull something up real quick before we wrap up. One of the concepts that I would like to see uh, kind of make a comeback here in this game, um, if I could find it. I don't know if I can do it or not, guys. Let me see here. Not probably ain't going to work. Let me try here. I'm going to try to pull up the playbook here real quick and uh, show you guys a concept that I think could be very important for mm-hmm. the um, one that they haven't dipped into here lately, to the best of my knowledge. And I've, I've watched every play three times from every game this season. But with that being said, um, I may have missed, uh, you know, a thing or two. So let's do this. Let me go ahead. Go ahead. 
What wasn't Runyon saying? Uh, well, I'm pretty sure it was Runyon. He was saying that our offense is going to look a little bit more like uh, Miami's now. Um, and Matt Lafleur took a little bit of time with his uh, computer screens and did some research and all that. So, uh, <laughs> I sure hope so, man. Uh, it was Paul Brettel actually brought it up in in an article. And here's the thing I'll say about Paul Brettel: I don't want to put any words into his mouth, but Paul Brettel is very plugged in. Paul Brettel has mastered the art of listening. Something that all of us should try to get a little bit better at, especially this knucklehead right here. Um, when he goes out on a limb and points out that, you know, Matt LaFleur talked about, you know, taking the scout week, the, the bye week, the self-scout, and look around the league and see what's working, look no further than Miami. Yes, they got arguably the well, – they do have the best offense in the league, but also part of me went, Paul's heard something. Paul has mm-hmm. heard something. So it's funny you brung that up too. Um, but let's do this. I'm going to share this. I'm going to talk about the rap concept real quick. Okay. You guys can see this, right? Yes. All right, cool. So the rap concept is it's a concept that Jordan Love absolutely loves. Okay. And, and it'll work against pretty much any kind of defense. Although when you run it against zone, it can really, really uh, hamper a defense. So a rap concept is very simple. Okay. I'm going to draw it up over here on the left side. A rap concept is a two-route combination where the inside receiver will run a curl and the outside receiver runs a dig across it, okay? That's something that last year we used, I'm telling you, over and over and over. And it's so hard to defend because even if you're in man coverage, you've got to cover the sit and all that. The safety has to respect, right? The safety has to respect the shot play. So let's say that let's say Christian Watson is this Z receiver right here, right? This guy right here. Let's mm-hmm. say he is a Z and, and they are playing. Let's say they're playing two man under. Right. And this is just man coverage and he's going to trail underneath. Right. Well, he's looking to take the outside away. He's looking to take this away. Right. So as you come up and you hit that break, you hit the top of the stem. This safety up until this point right here that safety has got to assume it's going to be a deep shot down the sideline. So he's really got to get out here to help cover that, right? If the routes run correctly, and, and Romeo Dobbs runs it as good as anyone on this Packers roster, then you're going to catch that break. That safety can't get back down inside. Now, if they're in zone defense, right, and let's say it's a cover three look, okay, and let's say these guys are sitting in a cloud defense, meaning let's say the, the corner is just going to kind of cover a short zone here, right? They're going to look to take that break and this safety has to cover over the top, these are ending points, okay? Imagine these are the ending points of a cover three defense, right? This is where they're going to end up. This guy's going to sit on this curl. He's going to let him go after the seven-yard thresh mark and then probably try to bite down on the curl as well, and you're going to see all this space right here, right? And it's one of the things that Coach Haddad talked about um, when he came on the show, and again, he's an award-winning high school coach up there in the New England area. They're about 15 minutes from Foxborough. Him, his dad, and his brother have been coaching for a long time together. They won the uh, USA Today uh, Staff of the Year Award, I believe, in the entire country. Um, One of the things he talked about was anytime a team looks to play a quarters coverage or any kind of zone-heavy coverage, especially spot drop, the the weak spot is the middle of the field. And the reason it's weak is because you can run a simple two-man combination like that and free yourself up on those digs, right? We know Jordan Love loves to throw across the middle of the field. Um, That's one concept – that I haven't seen the last couple of weeks and not that it hasn't been there. Um, but for whatever reason, um, Christian has not kind of gone to it, if you will. So look for that this week. If you spot that on Sunday, tweet at me. All right. Tag me and say, Hey, just seen that rap concept because it's real simple. You will see a curl 
out of the slot or even the Y if they're attached. They may even run kind of an angle sit, right, and then wrap on the backside with the dig. If that happens, don't be surprised. And if it does, tag me in a tweet. So, right, I think you'll I think you'll see that reemerge this week. Um, with that being said, let's wrap it up, guys. Let's go around the horn. Tim, parting thoughts, buddy. Packers get the dub. The get right game is here. It's time. Be excited. Be happy. Uh, we're coming back to Lambeau with a victory. I'm not going to give a score prediction because I, I don't know. I, my gut tells me blowout, but my brain's telling me it's probably going to be. <laughs> than we'd like it to be uh and um you know i'm looking forward to victory monday and of course the post game show uh tomorrow yeah. following the following the game at mile high or whatever what's it called now what's what's the name of it is it is it still in vesco field i can't remember what they called it i don't remember it's always mile high stadium it's, it's called whoever it's called whoever pays the most money tim yeah. <laughs> there you go so uh yeah man dub city for the for the pack um Looking forward to seeing Eric Stokes Jr. back out there on the field, even if it'll be limited. See what he can bring. Um, let the kids play, man. Get it going. Go, Pat. Go. Yeah. Um, it's funny. Oh, wait. Uh, I got to do this one time. Hold on. Yeah. Emilio! <laughs> All right, dude. Huh? Take it. Huh? <laughs> um, it's funny. Andrew Brandt told a story about when he first uh, you know, got involved with the Packers. You guys know he was in the front office with the Packers for, I think, over a decade at least. But he said that one of the things he mentioned is, hey, have you guys thought about selling advertising rights, you know, here at Lambeau? And he said that they shot him a look, everybody in that room, and, and the exact words that were told to him was, do you want to start a riot? Like, 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 like This guy has no clue what this town is about right here. And, of course, they ended up selling the advertising on the gates, which I think is very smart. But uh, That yeah. was a great compromise, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, sure. yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, no doubt. Emilio, what do you think, man? Parting thoughts. Um, going back to that rap, uh, to let that happen. I mean, we got to spread it. We, we got to Christians got to get outside the numbers. I mean, you can run it nasty, but it's not as effective. Um, and I think really the last time we saw him spread it out like that was when Aaron Jones was eating up Chicago. Uh, you know, and, and like you were saying, you open up that middle cause that, that backers got to respect Jones in the backfield. He runs a Texas route. It's over. Uh, so, um, I, I just hope they, uh, they spell him. you know, let's make sure he doesn't tweak his hammy when he goes out there pregame uh and then uh you know just uh let him eat um you know it's he he gets paid that money because he's he is literally the best offensive player that has been producing for us so why not give him the ball you know keep the superstars on the field let him play definitely definitely zane strong in the chat said you thank god you thank god never farted Hello, we got a request line for all this. this is all <laughs> yeah. You got any of them left-handed footballs, Clay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My favorite, though, is I got some advice for you guys. Take two weeks off, then quit. Quit. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely love it. Let's finish up in the chat here. Of course, Carly Ray loved that. Um, let's see. Uh, we got 2-0 for this. says, I don't see it as a must-win, but six games out of 18 is a big statement. If you don't show up, if you don't show you're up to par at least a couple times, very well said. Omar in the chat said, flush that. We're winning 42-17. to 17. Break out the boat race. Uh, appreciate the kind words there, Omar, as well. Boz in the chat says, go, Pat, go. Let's go get that dub. And, uh, again, Boz, thank you for the super chat, man. You were awesome. Drew in the chat says, the advertised gates are brilliant because they are identifying markers. Yeah, absolutely, man. It was. Oh, it was a really, really good move, for sure. Mike got um, us. What's that? See, Mike, 28-17 Broncos. Rush for 150-plus. I don't know, Mike. I hope not. <laughs> I'm gonna get I'm gonna get to that here in a minute. 
You wait, Mark. I'm, I'm, Drew in the chat said, this is a big game for us, but honestly, people are putting too much emphasis on it, in my opinion. It won't define our season win or lose. Yeah, um, I think it's going to get loud, though, Drew, if they don't mm-hmm. get a dub, man. I think it'll get real loud. Um, I agree with what you're saying, buddy, but uh, um, maybe you're not on those Twitter streets like I am right now. <laughs> I'm just yeah. you, it's going to get ugly, but I, I think uh, I think we got a great shot to get the dub. And it's much like uh, the guys on the video just said over there, the final thoughts, you know what I mean? Is Aaron Jones going to be healthy? If he is, like you said, Emilio, if, it, if you come out and you're, you didn't tweak that hammy, you get him uh, to be a, uh, a vital part of that offensive game plan. Christian Watson, get him involved there with this bad pass defense, reduce the penalties, reduce the mental mistakes, easier said than done, but then maybe this is the game they can finally do it. And just like you said, committing, running the ball, it's going to be huge. So let's get the Mike. Mike said in the chat, 28-17, Broncos rush for 150-plus. I'm writing it down, Mike, and I'll tell you why. Because if it happens, it's your fault. Now, um, <laughs> you you always make predictions, and I'm telling you, man, you have been right way more than you've been wrong. There's no doubt. So I'm going to put it down just mm-hmm. so when we're all pissed off during the postgame show, we can flash it up on screen and say Mike Hebring spoke this into existence. So One in uh, a month, need something. <laughs> what's that? They haven't won in a month. They're going to need something. <laughs> exactly. All right. Let's see here. Uh, what else we got? Um, Omar in the chat says, I disagree. Absolute must win. They lose this game. There is no coming back this year. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be tough, man. Again, uh, <laughs> let's see. Carly Ray's now she's she's prodding a little bit. Going, what are you talking about? There's no coming back. Um, I, I'll tell you this. I think the, the seat's going to get hot for Matt, and it's not fair. Um, you guys have heard me say this. You know, he's he's doing the best he can with the roster that's created, right? Everybody knows he didn't want to get rid of Aaron Rodgers. Um, that's pretty much common knowledge. That was a Goody move. Russ Ball wanted to keep him. Matt LaFleur wanted to keep him. Uh, Goody wanted him gone. And it sounds to me like Mark Murphy said, I agree with Goody. And now we'll see. I don't think any of that's defined on one season. But if you lose to arguably the worst team in the league, right, even if you're on the road, it's going to get loud. Um, and again, I don't, I don't think it's fair to Matt. You guys know I've criticized Matt's run game, right? His, his game planning, his scheming for the run game. And and again, I want to emphasize what I talked about at the opening. He's scheming receivers open. The passing game scheme is looking good, right? And for those who are some somehow convinced themselves that this offensive line isn't giving Jordan Love enough time, I'm sorry, that's 100% inaccurate. You guys have seen me on Chalk Talk. How many times, Tim, have I counted it off, man? Four seconds. Watch the clock. He had four seconds to get rid of the football. He's mm-hmm. got time. All the data, all the analytics, all the statistics show that he is the least pressured quarterback. Actually, I was texting with Ryan Schlipp from Packernet Podcast earlier. I'm going to read it real quick because we were kind of looking at it here. Um, Getting too much time. We need to get yeah. the ball faster. We needed 2.5. Exactly. I was just going to say, regardless of protection, man, I mean, it should be under three seconds either way. You look at yeah. the – the, you know, the greats in recent memory. You were talking about Brady's numbers a uh, few few days ago, and he was always – wasn't he like 2.8 seconds oh, it was average, crazy. something like that? Yeah. So, it yeah, was gotta, I mean, it was – sometimes he wouldn't complete the three-step drop, was throwing off the back foot and getting it out. It was just mm-hmm. – he knew. He knew what he had to do. I think if your pre-snap read is so good that your post-snap analysis and your post-snap prog- progressions just come that much quicker yeah. – 
you know. Absolutely. Well, you know, we talk about the four the four things that are most important with a quarterback, in my opinion. And and again, Greg Cosell leans towards this, not in this exact terminology, but pre-snap read, post-snap reaction, right? Accuracy and quick release. And the only thing that Jordan Love has proven to me that he's got to this point, it could change. It could it could it could change in the end of the season. He could have all four, right? But that's what this season's about, too, is, is trying to see what we have in Jordan Love. The only thing I've seen is a quick release. And when mm-hmm. I say quick release, I'm talking about the actual mechanic of the quick release. The reason the ball isn't coming out isn't because he doesn't have a quick release. It's because he's not processing fast enough, right? And, and again, you, you see Matt LaFleur jumping up and down, screaming, throw the ball to Christian Watson down the sideline, right? You've seen – we showed you over and over and over on Chalk Talk the lead T swing that's wide open. We've shown the check downs, the leaks, the Musgrave. Musgrave, Musgrave should have another 120 yards just in leak yardage if if Jordan Love checks that ball down, right? Um, but the thing that me and Ryan were looking at on SIS, um, just in dropbacks, we broke everything down in dropbacks across the entire National Football League. And again, PFF suggested a certain thing. Ryan pointed it out. I played the audio this last episode um, that – that Jordan Love is being protected more than anybody else in the, in the in the league as far as quarterbacks. We went to SIS today, did a similar breakdown, and when we broke that down in dropbacks, okay, not not attempts, but dropbacks. So this includes sacks and everything. Um, pressures on quarterback, according to SIS, the Packers are dead last at only forty eight dropbacks that he received pressure on. That that means he is being protected better than every other, according to SIS better than every other quarterback in the National Football League. So we've got to take the training wheels off. And, again, I know there's a lot of people that they want to defend Aaron. I want Aaron – or Aaron, they want to defend Jordan. I want Jordan to be the next the next best thing, man. You see the guy's demeanor. You see his attitude. You see the way his teammates love him. He's just – he's very humble. You, you learn about his personal background and all the stuff he dealt with as a kid and all that. You, you want him to be the future of the Green Bay Packers. But if he's if he's not playing up to that par, and everything suggests, hey, he's what's missing right now, right? Um, and again, the receiving play has improved from last year. You know, a lot of people were pointing out that they are they have the tenth most drops in the entire league this year. Last year they had the most; they were tied for first. There was only one other team that had as many drops as them. So you got to take all that into consideration, and that's the goal this year, man. If you make the playoffs, great, but we got to make a decision and an evaluation, is this the quarterback of the future? And let's hope it is, man. Let's really hope it is. So, um, all right, we're going to get out of here, guys. We're already over on time, as always. Surprise, surprise. Um, but, man, it's always fun talking ball with you guys. Tim, thank you so much for hopping on here, dude. Um, Emilio, this was fun, dude. Like I said, we want to throw you into the rotation, man. If uh, if these two guys get tired of me, then you're going to have to put up with me, all right? We'll slide <laughs> into the rotation and uh, yeah. give everybody a little bit, little bit of time off. But, again, I uh, just want to play this real quick for Jacob. Jacob, hope you're enjoying your date night, man. Hi, I'm Date Mike. Nice to meet me. How do you like your eggs in the morning? <laughs> so it's uh, it's Date Jake is what we're going to start calling. Date right. Jake. There it is. We got we got Prison Matt and we got Date Jake. We're, uh, mm-hmm. we're throwing it together. Oh. But everybody, thank you so much for hanging out with us in the chat. We really appreciate it. want to give a special shout out to Mike Hebring. Thank you for the super chats, buddy. It's always good chatting football with you. We don't agree on a lot of things, Mike, but man. You always make me look at a different angle. And, again, I've got that wrote down. This is your fault if it happens, all right? Yeah. Um, Boz, thank you so much for the contribution, man, for the uh, cheese sombrero. I'm going to make that happen. 
Um, what, what if we did a victory sombrero or something like that? Whenever the Packers win, we break out the sombreros. We might there we go. I've already got a foil cap for Jacob's Conspiracy Corner the next time we do that. But anyway, again, thank you guys so much for supporting the stream and the Super Chats. We really appreciate it. For those of you listening on the pod, thank you for making us a part of your day. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world and go back up. The power sweep. Actually, it's the, it's the lead play in our, in our offense. Kill the